This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Liverpool, of course, play Leeds United in the Premier League tonight. The countdown to kick-off should well and truly be on, yet something else has slightly overshadowed the build-up over the last few hours. Liverpool and its owners, as you'll no doubt have heard by now, are among the clubs leading the way in the pursuit of a European Super League. It's a closed shop, essentially, and it will change football as we know it. The move has been widely slammed by supporters, and alongside me I've got Ian Doyle and Paul Gorst, and possibly Joe Rimmer in a few minutes too as he makes his way onto the podcast to have a chat about what that means, what it means for the sport, for football more generally, and of course for Liverpool and its owners, FSG as well. Doidi, I'll come to you first. I think the first thing to say for me is that it almost beggars belief that this is happening. The major players in European football and a couple of other clubs in there as well, um, Tottenham, Arsenal, AC Milan, maybe not quite at the peak of their powers, but they've made their move. What was your gut reaction as it sort of became clear what was happening yesterday? Well, I'm old enough to have I could have just left it as I'm old then, couldn't I? I'm old <laughs> enough to I'm old enough to have seen this kind of thing before. So when it when I just heard it was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's happened so many times in the past where and it's always around the time where UEFA go, we're gonna change the Champions League, this, that, and the other. And they want to do something different. But obviously the way things have gone here, it's 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 gone a lot further down the line. And with them coming out with the statement last night, this uh, European Super League, by the way, their website's terrible. And it just kind of it's it's not a joke, right? But the state of the press release and the state of the website suggests they're not exactly 100% committed to the fact that this might happen, which I'm sure we'll come on to a little bit later on. That's just one of the reasons that makes me think I don't think it'll happen, but that's my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm, everybody else will have their opinion. I just have the opinion that it just simply won't happen for reasons we'll get into. But even now, it just, to be honest, it just makes me angry. We're just angry because I know a lot is being said about the greed of it all. But for me, that isn't the issue. The issue is the fact that it's these 12 clubs have just decided, right, we're going to set up this tournament and we're always going to be in it. We're always going to be in it. It's like, well, hang on, who decided that you were the 12 teams that were good enough? I mean, I put a tweet out last night, which anyone who can see the stats knows that a third of those clubs have never won the European Cup. You know, so, and you've got a team like Bayern Munich who, are, who aren't involved and they've won it there's only a Liverpool and AC Man have won it more times. Uh, sorry, Real Madrid and AC Man have won it more times. So, how can you have a competition that's supposed to have the supposed best teams in the world and you haven't got someone like them in? I mean, there's going to be a slight amount of hypocrisy going on as well today, where certain clubs who weren't invited, the fans will say, "Well, you look at us. You know, we're, we're not, we're not there. What did you expect?" But you know, there's the, I know I'm quite a cynical human being, but I would imagine that most of the owners, not the clubs, not the teams, not the managers, because no one said that Liverpool's, you know, the, the most of the staff at the club, you know, the players and the manager want this, but the actual owners would, would want to be involved because they just see it as a guaranteed, what is it? £310 million, apparently, apparently the sums, something like that. £310 million just for taking part. I mean, let's, let's also be quite frank about this. It is, a lot of them are... American owners, and this is an American idea. It kind of fits nearer to the, you know, the franchise model that in America, that's they're used to that. Sports fans, they're used to that, and that is fair enough. That's the way that it works over there, but that's not the way that it works in Europe and for most of the rest of the world. You know, a lot of certainly football in Europe is is a, is a meritocracy where you've got to, you know, you have to be good enough to win. And if Liverpool, the likes of Liverpool, Manchester United, Nice, Milan, and all those clubs, 
have already have advantages that they've acquired over 100, 125, some of the 130 years of existence by winning things in geographical location. And, you know, maybe they've had some other advantages in the past that have been unfair, but this one just is it's self-preservation that, as I said before, it, ultimately it is about money because it is about making sure that they they do not fall out of this this bracket of leading clubs. Um, and we can't overlook the impact of the, the coronavirus pandemic has had on, on certain teams. We don't know what the exact impact is on Liverpool because they've not released the club accounts yet, but a lot of other clubs have. And you're looking at, they're probably going to be losing to 150 million pounds, which is, that's a lot of money, especially when they thought last October that the fans might have been back in. But it's, you know, apart from, what was it, three games where they've had 2,000 at each one until the Crystal Palace game, the last game of the season, they've had nobody there. And it, the worry is that they'll have seen that, well, hang on, we've managed to continue without any fans because the TV money from the Premier League and the Sky, and Sky Sports, which we could go down that for, we could be here forever if we start talking about that, but they've seen that it can continue. So our, my worry is that they think that we don't necessarily need the fans to actually make this competition a success because I know, just speaking, I, I'm, I'm, I'll ask the question of you two, is that, Every single person I know who is a Liverpool fan who actually goes to the games, even though they've not been to a game for the best part of a year, is going, well, this Super League, I'll, if we're still in the Premier League, I'll turn up for those games. But I'm not bothered about if we're in this Super League or not. I'm not paying money to go and watch this because it's not real. It's not a, a real competitive um, competition simply because of the way that it's a closed shop. And wow, they're letting, they might let five clubs in. That's great. Are they, they going to get in? But, but what's the criteria? They haven't said that, have they? So it's like, what well, you've got to have a lot of money. But my my fear is that, as I said before, it's about self-preservation, less so Liverpool, because I feel as though it's perhaps led by clubs from overseas that perhaps haven't had the success in recent years. Look, I'll name them, AC Milan, you know, Inter Milan, teams like that, Juventus. You look at perhaps the likes of Real Madrid, haven't have lost an awful lot of money in the last year, despite the huge success on the pitch I mean they could get to a Champions League final this year so it does make me think that Liverpool and some of the other clubs feel as though they have to be involved because if they don't then they might not be able to get in and if it just becomes success so it's a it's a catch-22 situation but ultimately it's down to the fact that they want to get more money for what they believe is a is, is they're the leaders in this product and they're, they're the ones that people want to watch and so it does come back to money and the reason that people are so upset about it isn't so much that but the fact that it's the clothes shop and it's not really a sporting competition anymore which is a very long answer sorry <laughs> no absolutely it was uh, all spot on all i think uh, myself and ghosty both in absolute agreement with that i'm sure and you know the, the statement last night ghosty released by the founders of this european super league it, it sort of made out that it was good for the game they were doing all of this for the fans they were doing it for all of these other reasons apart from money and to be honest what i just find staggering is that they think that they can pull the wool over fans eyes and pretend that this is not all about the money it's it's obvious that that is the case and it's obvious isn't it that this would be the reaction as soon as they announce these plans yeah definitely i think the thing that struck me most was how far down the line it was um when they come out with the statements there's obviously the the statements on it and then the fact that they had a website and they've got communications departments in all the countries that are involved and that to me smacked of um a collaboration that's been underway for for ages um, you know, these secret talks have been going on for months and it's just a, 
you know, slap in the face to its football fans, is it? And then insult to injury when, as you say, Matt, where they're trying to pass it off as some kind of a great progressive move for the sport and, and they're talking about how it'll um, have a positive impact on every kind of level of the game. It's it's an absolute farce. It's a, it's a closed shop that basically removes sporting integrity and, and removes why people love the game. You know, we spent all season talking about VAR and how, you, how it's taken away the fact that you can't celebrate a goal. But are the goals even worth celebrating when you know that you're going to be in Europe next season anyway? It's it's um, you've completely dismantled sport as a as a concept, football as, as a sport, and you know, merits. It's it's ridiculous, and it's I do feel as though it's it's a very American American way of of thinking in terms of huge capitalist corporations like FSG and, and like the Glazers. They've probably been looking at this thinking. Like Manchester United, perfect example. Yesterday, home game against Burnley, you know, run of the mill, humdrum Premier League game that um, doesn't really mean a whole lot. And, and they're thinking, hang on, we have to play Burnley twice this season. The people got to play West Brom twice. Like, why are we doing this when we can be playing Real Madrid and we can be playing Barcelona? And that that is probably their way of thinking. And it's completely detached from the way that fans might think. Where you know. You have your bread and butter of the league and try and get as high up it as you can, and then you get into Europe for these glamorous ties. It's it's what the entire definition of the game's built on, and, and they've, they've, they've took took the fabric of that, and um, it doesn't look as though there's any going back. I, I, hopefully, Doyle is right, and that is just kind of posturing and and brinksmanship um, that's gone too far, and and there is some sort of resolution, but um, I don't know whether whether it will. The fact that they've set up a, a website and, as I say, they, they are pretty committed to it, um, seems that there might not be any going back. And then where do you go from there? It's um, it's remarkable. To be fair, the website was one that I actually reckon that I could have done inside about 10 minutes. <laughs> so we on the spot. We've got an announcement. It's meant to be half nine, wasn't it, the announcement? So uh, yeah. that's why it got pushed back to half 11, a couple of hours. You know, they, they couldn't yeah. get the HTML right or whatever it is that they do. The graphics weren't exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even spell mid- midweek is not two words, honestly. Like, <laughs> this is this was the main concern for me when I was looking at that. Forget all this stuff. I just saw midweek as this. But it's two words. You can't take these people seriously. I can't say anything. I, I I was so tired this morning. I put out a tweet using the wrong version of there, so I can't. Uh, I can't, I, I can't complain about that. Yeah, we've there. we've all been yeah. there. There has been some sort of suggestion, as uh, as Gorsty put there, that it's some sort of power play, Dorian. And you mentioned that yourself earlier, but it's it's a big risk if that is the case. It, it's almost gone too far. That the best case scenario now is that we sort of revert back to the Champions League reforms that UEFA have announced, but. Even if we did that, surely all of these clubs, their sort of credibility is in tatters and they've essentially just vilified themselves for the foreseeable future. True, but then this is the thing the thing about football fans is they'll forget something the minute games start getting played, this, that and the other. Let's be absolutely honest about this. I think that's what... Hello, Joe. How are you doing? Hi, Ian. Hi, Paul. Hi, Matt. What's going on? <laughs> Joe, Joe Rimmer has just popped in, by the way, for anybody who's listening. Um <laughs> Right, yeah. Going back to what was I talking about? Um, the, the vilification of, of these twelve clubs. Oh yeah, well, basically, the damage you know, to their it, reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it is. Right. That, that's the, that's the that is the most odd thing of all is the fact that they must know they're not stupid. Right. These people are not stupid. This is why they're all business people. This is why they all earn millions, hundreds of millions, and billions. They haven't just accidentally come across all this money. There's a reason why they've got it. They make decisions. They know exactly what they are doing. 
So they know what they want the end game to be. And suppose they think the best case scenario is the fact that the best case scenario for them would be if this thing goes goes ahead and there's absolutely no recourse in terms of they stay in the, the respective leagues, all of the players can still play for the national teams and FIFA go, this is a great, uh, by the way, FIFA hardly condemned it, did they? You know, FIFA, because they want their little club World Cup going on. So they see this as a good as a good primer for that. Um that's the best case scenario for them. But what's the worst case scenario? Is the, they're not going to. I'm telling you now, these will not. These teams will not get kicked out of their respective leagues. No chance. There's absolutely no way that's happening. I also think that if the Champions League continues, they'll be in it because why on earth wouldn't UEFA want the the biggest names to be in it? And this is the whole point. It is a power play. It's about the distribution of funds. It's about these these clubs. They're not saying they want to win these competitions, but they're saying that well, we think we should be in them because we're we're the biggest, you know, most marketable things. But again, that's that's the point. Yeah, no one's arguing with that fact. You quite like to see Real Madrid against AC Milan in a in a Champions League semi final, wouldn't that be a good game? Yeah, you'd want to tune into that, but not if you knew that Real Madrid had finished 14th in the Liga and had just got in because they won the European Cup 50 years ago, and AC Milan just because their owner seems to quite, you know, he's, he's got quite in with the owners of these clubs and, and quite fancies being in the Super League. Who wants that? You know, that that's the jeopardy, as Gorsty was saying, the jeopardy would have gone from the entire sports. And that's just, you know, that, that isn't football. And I think, ultimately, for them, that they, I mean, do they really want that? Yeah, because FSG, I mean, in, in that sense, that you're going to see... You know, Liverpool like will play tonight, and absolutely every everybody in the country will want, to, will want them to lose. Everybody in the country will want them to lose. There'll be some Liverpool fans who want them to lose, and that's you know the players, the manager, nothing to do with that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I, I look at the, um, the the pre-season friendlies that Liverpool have had, Liverpool have had with Manchester United, and that's it. The the international um, thing, yeah, national champions cup. But there, there was one in particular a couple of years back. Um, I think Liverpool. One with Shakiri scored that over it, didn't he? Where was that? That was in Michigan, wasn't it? Michigan, yeah, it was something stupid like ninety thousand people there, wasn't there, or something? I think games like that, you know, the owners of these clubs are looking at it, thinking this is great. This why can't we do this more often? You know, pack out a massive stadium, bring in loads of money against a, a, a big team. We could just do this more often and, and make more money from it. And I think things like that is what's influenced the thinking. Yeah, I think they they look at it. As a bit of a, oh, you know, we've got to go and play, we've got to go and play Newcastle next week. You know, whoever it may be, you know, games that aren't necessarily the, the most glamorous in, in the Premier League and FSG and, and the Glazers are looking at it thinking it'd be great if we could just play these big big games all the time and we'd be raking it in. If you take away the, the jeopardy of it, though, Joe, and you take away essentially a large part of the hardcore fan base, is it as easy as what they think it will be to market this product? Is it as easy as people will just switch over and, and watch this instead? Because to me, it's it's almost like selling two different products, what we've got now and, and what they're proposing. Uh, it's funny because I perhaps I'm just being cynical, but I think... I don't. I don't think this will go ahead. By the way, I don't think. I think uh, you know. Just caught the end of what Doyle was saying then, and I do think that it's a, a very big power play to finally get their own share of the, the sort of TV rights, um, because they feel like they're the real breadwinners, if you like. But in terms of the product itself, I think people would watch it. You know, I think it's funny. You know, Sky last night had Gary Neville. You know, is really 
passionate speech about it, but Sky would be the first, you know, the top of the queue, wouldn't they, if, if this all came through? They'd want the Super League, they'd want to show it. And I think ultimately people would tune in. I mean, I, look, I, you know, I'm not old enough to remember. Maybe Doyley, Doyley's quite a bit older than most of us. We've so already done this, Joe. You know, when the Champions League expanded, you know, I'm sure people, um, you know, weren't particularly happy about that, but tuned in. And unfortunately, football fans will tune in. You know, I just saw a tweet from a mate of mine, who, um, a friend of the Echo, and Nick Morton, who was talking about his 10-year-old son who is all for this European Super League. And I think younger people perhaps don't see the, the prestige of some of these competitions. So I still think people would tune in. I don't think it's a good idea personally, but, um, you know, I think it would get off the ground and it would be fine and they would get millions of viewers and, um, you know, they would get what they want. It just means that the competition wouldn't be as good, which would be bad for all of us. But I'm sure a lot of us would boycott it, but eventually if it went on for several years, I'm pretty sure everyone would start watching it and everyone would start going. And, you know, that's the problem with football is that it's a passion that so much of us, you know, that takes up so much of our lives that even when we want a cold turkey and say, I no longer want this, we just can't help ourselves, can we? We always go back for more. So I think they know that and they take advantage of it um, and they'll make their money off it. How do you yeah. feel, Joe, being a being a legacy fan? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it feels strange. I feel finally like I, I now I'm past thirty. I, I'm, I'm a legacy fan, but will my kids be? Um, will they be the type of fans that they're marketing at this up? You know, it's, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? That yeah, you know, but the legacy fans are the ones that make Anfield Anfield when when there's a night at Anfield like the Barcelona night um, and FSG. What a market that night all around the world and tell you how special the club is and this means more it's the legacy fans and in inverted commas that um that make that what it really is and make the club what it really is so um it's a shame that they take that for granted but i mean what, what what's, what's the feed sorry sorry Joe, what's the I've just taking over this podcast excuse me <laughs> uh what's the what's the uh, what's the feedback between you three that you've had from people say on social media and obviously people that you know because i don't want to make it too simplistic but for me, it's straight down the middle. For Liverpool fans, one about here, people who go the game, whether it's once or they got a season ticket or they go every now and again, uh, now and again, sorry, they're totally against it. But fans who don't go either because they can't afford it or because they are in a different country, they seem to be slightly more not all for it, but certainly far more. They find it far more agreeable because most of them are just not just, but they are only able to actually watch on the television. I think yeah. personally, I've I've only seen two individuals. One is a Manchester United fan who I know who who is is quite for it, and and one other person replied to me on Twitter. Apart from that, it's been a, a completely negative negative aspect. I don't know whether that's just me, Ghosty, or whether you found the same. No, I I agree with Doily. Do you know what? To be fair, I think the first season of this might actually be fairly interesting to see what happens. But then after that, I don't want to see it again and again and again for for now until the end of time. And of course, it's always the the bigger teams you end up in the, the latter stages of the Champions League, but that is why they are the bigger teams, isn't it? It's not just oh well they're in there because they've signed up for this thing with their owners. Um, but yeah, no, I, I generally agree with you. Though it does seem to be the it's you don't want to you don't want to go too far and say well look, the, the locals are against it and the, the, the foreign fans are, are all for it. It's not as simple as that. Um, but generally, it, it does seem to be the. Supporters who, who can't get to Anfield every week for whatever reason, whether they're, they're thousands of miles away or it's too expensive, those seem to be the ones who are a little bit more agreeable in terms of thinking it might be a, 
half decent idea and a bit more receptive to it. And then you've got, you know, seasoned veteran matchgoers who are just completely aghast of what the owners have done to their football club. And um, I'd, I'd be more mindful of, of siding with, with that point of view myself. But um, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. I, I don't think anyone at Liverpool themselves will be happy with this. I think it's very much owner-driven. And, and I don't even think too many people were consulted about it, to be honest. Um I think they've thrown Jürgen Klopp under the bus now for tonight because he's got to ask questions. He's going to do questions on it before the game, after the game, when we speak to him in the press conference. You know, he's going to be getting bombarded with questions about it. And as owners, you know, the owners of the club haven't even put their name to the statement, which I think is um, quite cowardly, if I'm honest. Um, so it's um, it, it's just a crazy situation that no one would have foreseen coming, you know, two days ago. So, sorry to jump in, but, but but let's have it right. The owners of the club, you know, I've stuck up for FSG many times in terms of transfer spend, that sort of thing, and, and some of the stuff they've done for the club in terms of the stadium and the, and the commercial aspect of it. But this isn't the first time they've gotten things wrong. You know, they, they've done it with the tickets um, recently, you know, and, and the fact that they have been silent now for this long, you know, when's the last time we had John Henry in a two-minute clip last summer when Liverpool won the league? Um, and that was to the club website. And and we need to hear from the owners more often. They need to be more transparent. They need to talk. You know, there was a time when John Henry first came in that he was taking fans out for dinner and he was he was trying to engage with people and he was trying to, you know, say that he, he was really trying to understand the club. You know, he's done away with that. I think probably because he's had some feedback that he doesn't particularly like. And, he you know, he thinks, well, if I, if I listen to the fans all the time, we won't be able to make as much money as we can make, and it will almost hold the club back a little bit. But it's you know the fact that we we never hear from him, he never says anything. A club statement goes on the website with quotes from the Real Madrid president and Joel Glazer. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a disgrace though, isn't it? And, and you know, what do we hear from John Henry now? These half baked statements where he comes out and says, "Oh, you know, I, I am listening." You only listen after everyone kicks off. You haven't learned anything, and it's time that he actually sat down and, and answered some supporter questions properly. It, you know, Preto has written that piece this morning about it, and that's the crux of it for me is that they, the owners pretend like that they, they, they care about what fans say, but they really don't. And, you know, yeah, they may own the football club, but I truly believe they're custodians. They, you know, this football club existed long before them and it will exist long after them. And they should treat people with a little bit of respect and come and, and come and engage with the supporters and come and show us that they are they actually do care. Because, you know, they do a little bit more in Boston, but by all accounts, nowhere near enough, you know, that people are upset over there. But at least they hear and see from them. We don't even hear anything. And, you know, they're, they're, man, they're man on Merseyside, isn't it? It's Mike Gordon. Do we ever hear from him? No, we don't. Do we ever hear from Billy Hogan, the odd statement when they announce a commercial deal? Let's hear from them. You know, it's, it's all well and good being there when they win the league and giving a little interview and smiling and saying, yeah, it's great, we won the league. But be here when there's bad things going on as well and man up and front some of these decisions because they, they just don't want to do it. They want to hide. Stop hiding. The thing about FSG, but we were saying before, Joe, is that I'm 100% convinced they've made this decision because they think they're doing the right thing for the club. 100%. Probably, yeah. they, they, they think that because obviously it's, it's not saying it's their club, but they do own it. you know. And if they do want to make money from it, what helps them? They've seen it in the last, what's been proven over the last couple of years, Liverpool being successful. So you the best way to make money, have a good team, win stuff. You know, so they, tell us that. Tell us that. But, but that. Yeah, you're right. Because, because I think 
as I said, I agree with you. I don't think it'll happen. But I just think this has gone a little bit too far. And, the, and we were saying before about, you know, the negative PR that FSG and all the clubs are going to get. This will linger. But ultimately, as Gorsty said, there will be people, and you said, Joe, that if this does go ahead, there will be people who will go, well, hang on, if X, Y and Z aren't going to the game, I'll take those seats because I've not been able to go for absolute years. But so you'll get a change of fan base. Maybe, maybe the legacy fans like old people like me and you, Joe, we won't be able to <laughs> go to our respective clubs and, and watch them anymore. The interesting thing is, I, I, <laughs> I talking talking before, I know I wasn't going to mention Sky again, but that Sky came out and allowed Gary Neville to be so quite vociferous was interesting because that would indicate that they had absolutely no idea it was coming and therefore they're not involved in any negotiations in terms of the broadcasting. And it's whether or not there are, how can I put this? There are other media outlets that perhaps don't want to be too much against it just in case they want to be involved. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky one because it's so much uncertainty that you don't know. And I saw that uh, Jonathan Northcroft of the Sunday Times, he said that perhaps if there are some people, journalists, reporters, whoever, you know, like newspapers, websites that are massively against it, if this competition starts, just don't cover it. And that'll be an interesting one for, let's be honest, it'll be an interesting one for us, won't it? Because whether we can afford to do that, I don't know. How, yeah. how, 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 you know, that's a long further down the line. But if people are going to, you know, boycott it, how far do you go? It's or a, as, Joe, as you said, Joe, it's just, and Ghosty said, it's just people will just get used to it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's go on a little bit further with the, the FSG sort of line, Ghosty. And I mean, they weren't just on board with this. Seemingly, they were a key driver in this mm-hmm. taking place. We we mentioned the sort of vilification, the PR sort of side of it earlier on. How do they come back from this and, and get people back on side? Or do you think that's just not a consideration in the slightest? As long as the money is there, the money is there. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a difficult one, actually, because I think if you look at the, the big mistakes they've made previously, there was the ticket and stuff wasn't in 2016 when they were going to raise the tickets to £77 and there was the walkout um, and then they ultimately backtracked on that because they accepted that uh, they'd read the room wrong on that one and then again last year when, when they failed the staff um, there was a huge backlash I think they announced that on the Saturday afternoon there was a huge backlash over the weekend and, and by Monday evening they, got, they backtracked on that as well but um, the fact that they have done that probably suggests that was a, just just kind of ignorant cultural ignorance maybe on on their part and not really gauging the t- the right temperature or maybe just not canvassing opinion before and and they've just gone ahead and done it and they have been um, good enough to accept that it was a mistake and they've gone back on it which you know fair enough to an extent but with this one I think they know full well that the 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 they're, they're going to be doing something the fans aren't going to support and that's why they've they've probably left their name off the statements they've got thrown around last night um, so they, they know the fans aren't going to be happy with it but at the end of the day they're looking at that 3 million 3 billion sorry slice of the pie and thinking well we can get involved in that because we're 120 million down from the pandemic we could you know we need money for this that and the other and, and this is our most viable route towards that so um, the, the money is will basically drown off the fans to them I think and they'll just keep their head down and, and try and crack on as best they can um, but I agree all heartedly with Joe, you know, let's see someone front up, you know, Tom Werner did the wheel out Tom Werner when um, things have to be said because he's seen as, you know, he's got decades of experience in television and he's seen as someone who can kind of manage 
the media a little bit better, but um, we're probably not going to hear from him. We're certainly not going to hear from John John W. Henry, and, and there's a cat and hell chance of hearing from Mike Gordon. So it, um, it, it, it's sad, you know. They, they're basically putting the fingers in their ears, and, and actually they're putting the middle finger up to the fans, and, and they're cracking on. It sort of feels to me, Joe, that whatever happens in terms of this, they've gone so far this time that whatever decisions they make in the future, instantly everybody in terms of the Liverpool fan base is just going to be cynical and and wonder what's going on. Maybe they've been able to to come back from things before. It, it almost feels like they've gone so far over the line on this one. It, it doesn't feel to me like they'll ever regain that trust. Am I am I overplaying that, do you think, or, or is that fair? Yeah, ultimately, I think you just want your owner to stay out of it, don't you? Put the money up and make sure the club is run properly. And and yeah, and 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 when there are big decisions like this, front it and and, and take responsibility. I don't think people will ever really have particularly good feelings for them now after this. But you know, at the end of the day, if they go and spend two hundred million in the transfer market in the summer, I don't think people will complain either. You know, that's but that's football, and that and that's what you know I was talking about earlier when I think. You know, let's face it. We're all we're all football addicts, aren't we? We'll all go and you know we'll all watch the games. Well, you, you shake your head, Doyle, but you are. You know, like you, you like to. But we all are. You know, we're all that passionate about it. And and this city is the you know, and the Liverpool itself as a club. You know, the, the fans are that crazy about the club that they'll we'll carry on watching it. And if Liverpool is successful on the pitch, we can't help it. It's part of our DNA to to want to be involved. So, you know, I think ultimately if they they continue making Liverpool successful. Um, perhaps there won't be as much goodwill as there as the might have been, but people will be happy with their ownership. But, I, you know, I, I just think this is a really... Um, it's just really badly done. You know, if, like Doyle said, if, if this is how they feel, this is the best thing for the club. Or if, you know, you, you don't particularly think UEFA have behaved well or FIFA or whoever else it might be, then front up. Tell us about it. Answer some questions. Stop staying silent and, and putting out these these sorts of statements that that don't even include Liverpool. You know, I, I just think it's it's really really badly put together and played. And you know, I don't. You know, I, I personally don't really don't like UEFA much. I don't really like FIFA, the Premier League. You know, let's be fair. This is a monster of their creation. You know, UEFA have chased the money just just as much as anyone else. And UEFA. Really gutted, not because they're the European Cup, but because they lose out on the money, don't they? That comes with it. So, you know, let's be honest about that. Um, but Liverpool and, and and the other clubs involved are the real bad guys in this. When perhaps there's more to it, but they don't say anything, do they? They just they just keep on keeping on and, and don't um, don't say anything to us. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that question because you know I still feel like if they put loads of money in the, into transfers, people will still follow Liverpool. People will still be happy. Um, you know, but some of the stuff they've done recently, the tickets thing, they didn't read the room well. Fellow, and you know, like Gorsi just said, you know, perhaps they didn't read the room well there either. But I don't really think there was an excuse. Surely they must have known. Trying to um, trademark the live bird. I mean, come on. Is there not somebody there at the club saying, to them, maybe that's not a good idea, maybe that won't go down too well? Surely, you know, it's all well all well and good saying, oh, we've got that one wrong. But there's three, and now this is four. It's pretty poor. Do you feel as though now, though, is a perfect time for them to try and push it through with nobody in the stadium? And also, yeah. also, oh, yeah. Beca- yeah. also because <coughs> if fans are going to walk away, I legacy fans like us three, four old people, 
Sorry, Matt, you, you count as you count as old in this one. Um, do you feel as though now, now, now they're just going to say, Sam, bye. We haven't had you for the past 12 months. You know, if, you, if you're going to go, go. I'm not just saying that for Liverpool. I'm saying that for all of them. I think it's going to be really interesting in terms of, of the reaction. Obviously, we expect there to be around 10,000 in the ground for the end of this season. I wonder what happens there because you think of boycotts and stuff like that. That, that doesn't necessarily... Work it'll in, probably start at a, a World Galaxy League by then. Yeah, involving exactly. you know play. You know, it'll just be United against United forever. It, it can't <laughs> be a coincidence, put it that way. That it, it's come out at this time, can it? Just before we come on this party, the, the fan group, the Spine Cop, who um, basically decorated the cop um, and the way it's been for the last year with, with no fans there. It, it, it's, it, that is down to them. That's their work with all the flags, and, and they put a statement out just before we come out. Absolutely slamming these plans and saying that they're going to take their flags off the cop and, and the cop's going to be bare for the, for the rest of the season. So, in terms of what what you can do as a, as a fan, that is that is pretty much as powerful a statement as you can do at the moment, isn't it? So, um, you know, fair fair play to them on that, and you know whether whether the owners will uh, will bat an eyelid at that or not, probably not. But they've at least shown you know that. Um, there's a very strong opinion against these proposals from the Bills fan base. And in terms of, of tonight's game, obviously against Leeds, Dougie, that sort of got a little bit forgotten. But we did have a, a little chat before we came on air about actually maybe it, it could be meaningful for Liverpool in terms of next season. I think there's probably a lot of conflicting emotions from, from Liverpool fans as much as anybody else going into tonight's game. Yeah, it depends on your point of view. If me and Joe are correct, then this is never going to happen, the Super League. Then tonight's game is absolutely massive for Liverpool because they'll still need to be in the Champions League because FSG have shown the hand. They need loads of money. They need the money to, for whatever reason, we know well, we know why it's the coronavirus pandemic and the implications that's had on, on, on the finances. So they need to be in the top four. Now, obviously, some fans who just assume that the Super League is going to happen are going, well, what's the point in these last seven games of the season? Because we know that... Liverpool are going to be in the Super League next season, aren't going to be in the Champions League. They're not going to win the league. These games mean nothing. But you've also, even if that is true, then you've still got a professional pride for these players. And I know we're going to be touched on it before. I think Gorsi mentioned about Jurgen Klopp's been chucked under the bus. Imagine how you felt yesterday when all this came out, if you didn't know already. You know, it's like, well, you know, thanks an effing bunch, basically, is what he's basically said. Because he'll know what he said in the past, because we've reported it on, on the idea of the European Super League. And when he turns up to the ground tonight, that'll be the first thing he gets asked by. If it's on, I think it's on Sky, isn't it? That'll be the first thing he gets asked. What's he supposed to say? As, and as Joe said, where, where's John Henry? Where's Tom Werner? Where are they? Why aren't they answering these questions? I mean, journalists, as, as a whole, we're doing our jobs and we know it's slightly unfair on Jurgen Klopp, but we won't be doing it properly if we don't ask him. You know, yeah. so we're trying to ask these other, these other people and nowhere to be seen. So in that sense, yeah, I do think the game is still important. I think it's important for the players as well because no one's asked them what's going on. What do they think? We said before, if they, if imagine this, and this could easily, easily happen. Liverpool and all these clubs said Super League's happening. UEFA go, well, that's great, but we can't trigger out the Champions League, you know, because we just didn't let this season finish. However, what we can do is we can say to all the players who play for these clubs, you can't play in the European Championships, you can't play for your country. Imagine how that would go down. There'd be massive legal wrangles about it, and which would go on for quite some time and would probably mean that they play. But that also underlines just why anyone who thinks that this thing's going to happen if it does happen in August is 
is almost certainly not going to be the case. So in the short term, Liverpool just have to assume that we still need to win these games to get into the Champions League because nothing, technically nothing's changed. Nothing's changed at the moment. Nothing's happened, really. Let's be absolutely honest about this. Nothing's changed. So you just have to continue as normal. But yeah, I do feel sorry for Klopp and the players. Yeah, absolutely. Just to, to tell people what Klopp's comments were, he says, I hope this Super League will never happen. This was in 2019. With the way the Champions League is now running, football has a great product, even with the Europa League. For me, the Champions League is the Super League. So it's pretty obvious what he thinks. And it will be very interesting, as you say, to, to sort of see what happens there. But as you were sort of talking about that, Doherty, just before we finish, and I'll go to, to Gorsty on this one, it, it sort of opened up. Another topic in terms of the finances, if players are to be banned from the European Championships, for example, that would have a knock-on effect on sponsors. That doesn't seem to me to be massively realistic. It, it sort of begs the question, what happens next? Now we've opened this, you can't really ban players, you can't really take them out of the Premier League because the big six bring in all the money, as we've suggested it. It sort of opens up more questions, really, than the questions that have already been answered. It does. It, it, there's so many variables, hasn't it? And, and I'm, I'm not sure whether the powers that be have, have thought it all through. To be honest, you know, considering the, the way the statements was hurriedly thrown out there, and the website is not exactly state of the art for a company that's dishing out the billions, I'm not sure how how far down the line that the, these people have actually thought. Um, I think they're just looking at it thinking COVID has, has absolutely killed us, and we're, and we're ruining. We're losing hundreds of millions between us all, and we're going to have to do something about it. Um, I think that is, is pretty much the bottom line from Liverpool's perspective. You know, they've lost 120 million in the last what 14 months, 13 months, uh, and that's obviously only going to increase as long as the the fans are locked out and um, they're basically being sustained by the TV deal. So they know how important to their existence money from from the television is. So this brand new all singing, all dancing. Super League will be up for forbidden moment, and it, it sounds as, as though the zona are leading the way on that one. But um, you know, if Netflix get involved or Amazon, you know, they could be flogging this for silly money. Um, so I think they very much just thought short term, what can we make out of this, and what happens to the to the players is you know is going to be interesting because. Are the players just going to happily accept it and just just carry on as you know, silent commodities just getting thrown out onto whatever competition that they're told to play? And it's um, might be as simple as that. Surely some of them are unhappy with it and they might speak out, but I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, as we record this, only Ander Herrera of the, the top players has spoken out. And of course, he's a, a Paris Saint-Germain, one of the teams who are not signed up for it. So probably in a slightly easier position than one of those employed by the 12. But there's still certainly plenty to happen in this one. Of course, we'll have all of the updates across Blood Red and the Liverpool Echo website. You can also follow tonight's game against Leeds United. And I'm sure Jurgen Klopp, as Dordi says, will be asked about these plans we will see what happens what he says you can find that of course in the liverpool echoes live blog we'll also have his full post-match press conference in full on our youtube and podcast channels for now though in what feels like a big moment for club football and for liverpool and fsg that's all we have time for from myself matt addison from ian doyle paul gorst and joe rimmer until next time here on the blood red channel and goodbye for now you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo